0: Welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Welcome to Episode 105. Today our guest is Rick Hutchinson from Amphora Winery.
1: Yay.
0: Yay. Look at you're like, yes, that's right. Well, (laughs) because there are some, I don't want to say Amphora Wines, because there are Amphora Wines. I wanted to be very clear that it is
2: Amphora Winery, Mm -hmm. and you're located out in the Timbercrest
1: Forty-seven ninety-one Dry Creek Road. Yes. Yeah.
2: So you know everybody in the world that's listening to our podcast doesn't know where Timbercrest is. Doesn't. But if you come to the town of Healdsburg and you head out Dry Creek Valley, is it probably about seven miles or six miles?
1: Exactly five miles from the freeway. So,
2: five miles from the freeway and uh, past the general store. One and a
1: half miles past the general store. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And then you drive. A GPS. (laughs) I mean, that's what people need to know. They need to know where where you are exactly. I drive it six times a day. Landmarks are always Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Landmarks are good.
0: Yeah. So, I'm excited to have Rick here. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. at our last big event, I went out and tasted some wines there and we had a great time. Beautiful wines. I'm a convert.
2: <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> one
1: customer at a time.
2: Yes. So, uh how long have you been there? Were you at a different location before? Or the, how did the winery start? That's what people want to know.
1: Okay, should I start from the very beginning? Yes, be one of them. Okay. The very
2: beginning. You were born and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, actually, I was born in Sebastopol. Oh, no <laughs> really? Palm Drive Hospital. Oh my, oh
0: my gosh. god, I can throw a rock and hit it yep. from my house. Uh-huh.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I started my uh wine career uh, 45 years ago at Sebastiani. Oh wow! Uh, packing boxes, sweeping the floors in the springtime. Uh, walked into the cellar to work a harvest, and just basically uh fell in love with it. Um, it was like walking into my mom's kitchen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Familiar. I'm, and... I'm number eight out of nine kids, and my mom oh. canned everything.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow.
1: So, uh, yeah, they were uh, river rats in Monterio. they a very bohemian type of family. How cool. So um, started there. And I just really took to it like a duck to water. Worked there for a little while. Worked at Mondavi in Buena Vista, some large wineries. And then I went uh, moved north, and I mentored with some really great guys. Uh, John Kongsgaard from Napa, mm-hmm. uh, Doug Knoll, wow. and also uh, – Uh, let's see, Mike Duffy and Grady Wan. So So
2: he like uh, took a master class. Wow, really? (laughs) No kidding.
1: So what was fun about that is... uh, no, I didn't graduate from Davis, but I graduated from the University of Hard Knocks.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, gosh, I,
0: that's, that is a master class of Davis, but with you know, you're meeting and there with all the people. That's incredible.
1: So what, what has happened with me since then is, is I paid that forward. So my former apprentices are uh, Eric Miller from Kokomo. Oh, nice. Gio Martirana. Huh? Um, uh, Joss Bartles from uh, Sedition. So I paid that for.
2: It. Yeah, that's great. Th- I find that a lot happens in the wine industry. I, that's what I think I love about it the most. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Susie yeah. Selby always jokes about the you know the most important thing for her was learning how to drive a forklift. <laughs> it's <laughs> like once you know how to do the forklift, you're you're valuable.
1: <laughs> that is truly a fact. That yeah. is, uh, it's uh, it becomes your right hand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, everything is on uh, everything is movable.
2: Right. So then you started your winery.
1: Basically, I started Four with the price of a luxury car and not a Paris Hilton luxury car, but a used Lexus. <laughs> that got me uh, 218 cases, uh, mostly uh, Zen, a little bit of Petite, Syrah, and a little bit of Syrah.
2: All from uh, Dry Creek Valley. Yeah, all I'm from Dry
1: Creek Valley. Mm-hmm. That's where I started. Mm-hmm. So I was on the Mounts Ranch for a few years. Mm. And then uh, the opportunity came up. Uh, Eric was uh, working with me at the time. And the property over at Timbercrest came available, and it was a great opportunity for a lot of small producers definitely good to space. come in. Mm-hmm. Papa Pietro's right across right. the way from us, and you know my old buddy Fred Peterson, he's been in this for forever mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, older than dirt, no yeah, not really yeah, yeah. about thirty five years, I think, so really, really good neighbors and it was just a great opportunity from the Walton Spiels, who owned the property to give uh, a small producers, uh, the enthusiasm. They're just salt-of-the-earth farmers themselves. So
2: So those owners, they used to have uh, the dried tomatoes. What was that called? It was Uh, Timbercrest Farms.
1: Yeah, Timbercrest Farms, Sonoma brand.
2: Yeah, Sonoma brand. So they were sold all over the world. They're sun-dried tomatoes. And then... So, uh, so that property just was perfect for a lot of small wineries to go in and to take that over.
1: Absolutely, uh, and especially. Well, let's put it this way: brick and mortar. I was the twenty seventh winery in Dry Creek Valley in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Wow. We won't say how many there are now. <laughs> more. <laughs> There's more. There's more. Let's put it that way. But that There's
0: location more. is a really good one-stop. You know, if you're touring wine country, you you know you can go to Papa Peter Perry, you can go to Peterson, go to you, go to Kokomo's there, and. Yep. Yeah.
1: And then we had uh we have some uh, other folks moving in uh, across the way is uh, Optima Mike oh, Duffy from right. Optima. So that's another good really great neighbor. I I worked with Mike gosh 30 years ago. Mm. So yeah, it's a you know Dry Creek Valley to tell you the truth there's nothing like it on the planet. It really is unique. The microclimates, the different soil types, you have red alluvial soil, you have gravel. Um it's quite a diverse uh, uh, terroir for all kinds of different grapes. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so where does the name Amphora come from? What's...
1: So when I started, I was, uh, well, it was 24 years ago. Well, I'll just tell you, I was single at the yeah, time. Yeah, you got to be
2: honest <laughs> I was, Our I was, listeners can wait, tell.
1: <laughs> I was single at the time, and I was dating uh, someone that was much younger than me. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. So there was a yoga class, a pottery class, you know, these kind of things involved. <laughs> so... Uh, the relationship one way, and I took the pottery class, and I had to, <laughs> I had to literally build a hand build a piece of pottery that was twenty four inches tall, and so on. So I was mm-hmm. in class looking for uh, ideas, and I knew a little bit about amphorae. It's
0: making me think of ghost and demi more. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <right>. I know. <laughs> They're just a memory. <laughs> so, I just found chapters and chapters about. Uh, uh, terracotta Uh and amphorae and so the labels that are uh, the the amphorae that appear on my labels uh i have made
2: oh wow
1: i didn't
0: know that wow it's
1: always been my fantasy to um actually build a piece that i could put wine in but number one it's not just the clay but how you fire it Uh and so there's nothing around here to do that so a few years ago, finally, when the euro and the dollar became a little more stable, it became within reach to actually purchase handmade terracotta from from Italy, just outside of Florence. Mm-hmm. And I've been working with them, and it's they're definitely old school. And I know you had tasted some of the wines yeah. that we've been working with so far. And to me, it's just a dream come true. It, it imparts minerality to the wine. It really expresses the terroir that, you know, when I say terroir, it's just not the dirt that the vine is planted in. It's the vintage. It's the people. It's the weather. And it just completely surrounds the wine. You get a true character of what the wine is.
0: Mm -hmm. And a texture.
1: Completely different texture. A
0: very different texture that just enhances all those other qualities, I would think.
1: It enhances the fruit character in the wine. Yeah, so you you tasted. Um, uh, you, I think it was an Italian variety that we do called Teroldego.
0: Yes, because you're one of the very, very few people who makes Toraldo Goat. Where did you even get those grapes?
1: Okay. So let's put it this way. <laughs> I am a left-handed right brain mm. winemaker, artist, musician with a little bit of ADD and dyslexia. So
0: <laughs> Welcome to uh, the, the show whole package. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> I to like the it.
2: show. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to
1: our world. <laughs> so what I love uh, about what I do now, as opposed to, you know, talking about the business end of things. You know, I did go for the the big market and tried to expand and get big. And then, you know, just really truly a few years ago it came back to my heart mm-hmm. and want to do things that I want to do.
2: That are interesting to you. That yes. I- interesting yeah. to me. Right.
1: And that saying, uh, if you build it, they will come. And mm-hmm. that's truly happening now too. So we're doing Italian varietals in the terracotta, but we're also doing, which is um wonderful, and I brought a bottle of the GSM. Oh,
2: yeah. We're talking and I forgot to open it. Open the bottle bath. God, I am slipping. (laughs) You're going to get fired. (laughs) This whole grandma thing. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, we have the 2016 GSM Dry Creek Valley. So what do you want to tell us about this? I'll I'll give Marcia a beautiful label. And we'll let Rick have a little also Uh, because you you know, he brought it.
1: (laughs) So this is, the GSM is a blend of Grenache, Syrah, Mouvedre. It's a Southern Rhone uh, style blend. I could tell you I don't know. I'd have to look at the back of the bottle to tell you what this particular blend is. This is 44 Grenache, 23 Syrah, and 33 Muvedra. But that's a moving target for me every year. Uh, it just depends on how it tastes. So what I've been doing, especially with the terracotta now, is that one or two portions of the GSM blend is done in the terracotta. Uh-huh. <laughs> And at least one of them is uh, is a particular type of fermentation called carbonic maceration.
0: Right, and so it's inside uh, the grape it macerates.
1: That's right.
0: That's
2: a bump, <laughs> I'm, I'm that, like a blind fool today. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow.
1: <laughs> so it takes uh, 22 to 28 days, but it's whole cluster. They go into the amphorae. And uh you just sit there and be patient. So what happens is is the it true indigenous yeast inside each berry uh starts its own fermentation. They get to be about two percent uh alcohol and they burst. And I have to tell you, it truly is like making perfume. It is an absolute wonderful aroma to smell mm. and to taste uh, during fermentation. Does
0: it have a sound inside the amphorae with the
2: carbonic maceration? Well, I've or? been
1: known to listen <laughs> to barrels. Is that you and hugging fermenters. it? It's all
2: in his mind, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know how much wine is in that.
1: So uh, we have two different sizes. We have 800 liter and 1,000 liter. So
2: So, how many bottles is that for the person like myself who mathematically Uh, is
1: challenged? Let's see. Uh, The 800 liters are about 200 gallons. So, you know, that's probably around 900 bottles. Oh, okay. So it's a fair amount. Okay, a bottle a day is all we ask.
2: Yeah, I just couldn't picture. I'm just looking, <laughs> thinking of these smaller vessels. I'm thinking, well, why? Like, how many of these? Well, the ones not? in the tasting room they're kind of like my height,
0: oh, okay. and about twice, oh, okay. you know, little. Yeah, they're, they're adorable. Actually, so they're in
2: the. It's in the tasting room. People can see it, or it's back.
1: They are. That's uh one of the experiences that we offer. If you'd like to make an appointment and taste in, in the amphora room, mm-hmm. uh, you're more than welcome to. You can make an appointment to taste with me. We have a a, a barrel tasting experience as well, mm-hmm.
0: The four room is nice. It's got a lot of atmosphere. Lot, yeah. So apparently those other vessels you made, the ones that are around. Yes, Th- that are, I didn't know that.
1: Yep, and I have a That's I why it a, says don't touch. <laughs> I have a studio full. I have about 8 more that I just, you know, the winery's been taking up a lot of time, so um I have uh, I, I have some, the winery. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have some to finish.
0: Yeah. Well, so I that I love that in. room though. It's very atmospheric. You've got the amphora right there. And then sit down a table with you and taste that. That's a great experience.
1: It is. It's uh, you can actually smell the terracotta. What's what mm, so yeah. wonderful about yeah. it is, is, you know, it is truly ancient.
0: It smells like Italy in that room it to is, me.
1: It's pretty fun. Speaking of Italy, Bridget and I are uh, going to Italy in June, and we're going to go and visit the the folks that hand built. The uh, the amphoras. Oh for
0: us. wow, that'll be fantastic.
1: So you know, on a technical term, to the, with the amphoras, the whole process of wine making is the control of oxidation. So there's micro oxidation going on, and de- depending on how the the terracotta is fired, the porosity of the clay itself, and. So higher fired, you have less porosity, so less oxygen. Tasting the wines side by side is pretty interesting. Definitely, the ones that are uh, lower fired, they're a little more advanced. So you can kind of fine tune. You can add different minerals and, mm-hmm. and so on to the terracotta.
0: How do those differ from like in Georgia? What, what were they called? Cuervi. the What is the difference between an Italian amphora? Are they they're the same vessel, but is it the different materials?
1: Different material. Okay. Uh, here in Sonoma County, um, I've worked with someone here in, uh, as a, my pottery mentor, Joe Bennett. He's not far from here. And when I was working with him, we actually dug clay out of here, right, mm-hmm. in Sonoma County. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we have this Franciscan-type soil, you know, topsoil, uh, slips of of clay and so on. So uh, that is uh, that's white-colored clay. So there's nothing like... Terracotta, that's made just outside of Florence. Then uh, near Verona, there's other types of clay as well in Italy. But same thing uh, with uh, Croatia and, and Georgia. They uh, they do dig clay, but it's not the same as— it's a Different so,
0: composition and—
1: Different composition, and, and I would think that there would be a different minerality. Right, right. a different
0: quality. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. So we also use barrels as well. Right. You know, I mean, that's... So
0: for this wine we're drinking now, a portion of this was done in Amphora and yep. then barrel aged.
1: Yes. The Syrah was uh, barrel aged. There's certain varieties that I do that uh, we do a fair amount of oak. But, you know, I have a saying for wines that you really want to show the terroir, over oak in a wine is like a man or a woman wearing too much cologne or perfume. What yeah. the heck are you trying to we cover up? We don't want that. No. <laughs>
0: Well, this is beautiful. A beautiful example. I, I was just very taken with the wines when I came over and tasted. And uh, yeah. She was. I got an immediate email. I, we
2: need to have Rick on our show. I, know, like, okay, I just, well, I'll just ask him. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think that he'd probably be happy to come on the
1: show. Well,
2: <laughs> these wines are amazing. Like, okay.
1: You know, the word uh, or the term or the saying in vino veritas in wine, there is truth. And then when Marcy came over, it's just you know once the once you have a sip of wine and you're really enjoying it, whether it's on the the patio or the or the deck or in the vineyard or at the winery, in vino veritas happens, and you know you experience other people's lives, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about the the wine business and and people coming to visit people that have, are um, that are just introduced to the amphora brand or the customers that have been with us for a long time you you grow up with their you know you, you meet them and they're not married yet right then they have kids right. you see their little babies right. and now they're bringing their 21 year olds well, right. to come and introduce them to amphora wine
0: What mm-hmm. it's a wonderful continuity what a, how what a privilege to be able to see that
1: generational
0: yeah
2: So, are you doing any? Um, I keep reading about different uh, trends in wines these days, and I know you're trying to get away from the big mass market, and you're trying to focus on things that you really enjoy doing that are unique. But people are doing wines in cans and wines in boxes, and so are you going down that road?
1: Yes, boxes. This is you, our you've done six, boxes for a while. This is six years in a row. Now we put our rose in a box. Um, uh, that's a chip on my shoulder that I have knocked off. I am um, I really love the idea of rosé is just supposed to be consumed. It's a wonderful wine. It's a wonderful appetizer wine. It's a wonderful wine to sit on the deck, mm-hmm. uh, lower alcohol, nice acid. And it, it's very Bacchanalian to put it in a three-liter box. So I love it. And our customers have gotten used to it too.
2: It seems uh, like you did Viognier one time. We did Viognier So one I Because I bought that. I have a friend who always just drinks box wine, and not like your box wine. I mean, like really inexpensive (laughs) box wine. And so I I brought that, and I'm like, now this is box wine I can you know love. (laughs) Well,
0: that's the problem. You have to overcome this kind of image, and this uh, like people think it's a certain thing, but that's all changing cans, boxes. and –
1: Well, the other thing is is that you notice that the uh, the GSM that I brought is in the Stelvin. The you brought, right, right.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. More and more of that.
1: Uh, it is more and more of that, um, and
2: I appreciate that because I take a bottle of wine to the river, <laughs> yeah, and I can just open whatever I brought. <laughs> or if
1: you're in Hillsburg, the movie theater, but don't let yes, them
2: know. Yes, I back. know. Yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> oh, was send... that you? I was sitting yeah. next to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just a little twist. A little and, twist and, there it and goes. Nobody knows. <laughs> but you know the the wine is, especially with the technology now with the 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 Stelvin. Mm-hmm. You know, on a scale of one to five. One being very tight and not letting uh, very much, you know, oxidation happening. And then you have five to where you can put a heart of your wine in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to put my my Cab and right. m- my Merlot that, right. that they're aged People for a age, long time, right. mm-hmm. you know, for 10 or 15 years. Right,
0: but it has its purpose in certain instances. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Midweight wines, they age just fine for five or six years, maybe even longer than that. So no, I'm it, that doesn't scare me, and I think it's an image that we need to kind of get away from, and and also it's cost and um, and environmentally, you know, what do we do with with the cork? Mm-hmm. You know, we can kind of recycle them, but not really.
2: No, I think it's de- the trend is definitely uh, going to try all kinds of different things. The consumer these days is definitely more open minded to looking at all that.
1: Yeah, we had some uh, club members come in and some. New, just new club members, mm-hmm. and talking about the ageability. So, I reached down into the cellar, uh, into the library, and I opened a a, a two thousand and two Syrah. Wow! And
2: being in the right place at the right time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what was interesting is is yep, it, it's an old friend. But I wish people would really understand what it, it's like to have an old mm-hmm. or older wine, an older vintage that's eighteen years old. The fruit character was there. Yep, just like me. I have age on me. <laughs> I'm, you know, I feel like I'm 25 sometimes, but you know. I'm I don't. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a different experience.
0: But it's also important to have consumers taste older wines to educate, why would I even lay something down? You know, to be able to understand that nuance and how it changes and and how wonderful that can be. What do they say? Like most wines that people buy, they drink within an hour of purchase. yeah, from the store to home. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but laying down wine or aging wine is something I don't think people... You know, a casual wine drinker doesn't see that much merit, but to have that object lesson to
2: taste it, it really runs it home for you.
1: You know, when you bottle them, it's kind of like talking to a twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> you know, give it, give it some aid.
2: I mean, I've had you know Fred Peterson give me a bottle of wine with a sticky note that says, "Open this in two years." <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we'll leave that sticky note on there.
1: <laughs> right. I, uh, I think as an industry, um, I think wine writers and magazines uh, really promote this to drink our wines really young. And I I would like to say, if you can hold on to it or let us hold on to it for you. And then when you purchase it two or three years after it's bottled, then you can really get a a flavor of what the wine it really should become.
2: Well and I think, you know, there was a day when I worked in taste rooms and I would when if I'd sell people a case of wine, I would just suggest you open one bottle a year. You know, Correct. like you bought a case, you're not going to just go home and well, yeah, go point. through this case in the next, you know, 12 days. I mean, one one bottle a year, and that that gives you a really that's exciting. So that's you know, I try to stick to that. My husband doesn't stick to that, but <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> well, that's what the rosé is for. <laughs> yeah, the rosé is get in yeah. the box. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of rosé, so this is um, we're just about to head into May, and so we have had a hashtag. Sip Sonoma that we started back in October, and every month we've tried to promote a different kind of Sip Sonoma. So this, uh, for May, we're talking about Rose, oh, nice. a- a- rose a- All May. Oh, nice. May. Rose All May, Sip Sonoma. we do that?
1: It, we have it in the box. Grenache. We make our rose out of Grenache.
2: I oh, love nice. that. I'm going to have to come get some of that Grenache nice rosé. I love Grenache rosé. You know, it yeah. just
1: it just fits. Yeah. To take yeah. anything away from you know. People that do, you know, use Pinot oh, no. Noir right, or right. anything.
2: I like them all. I, I, lo- I just love rosé. <laughs> I mean, I do. I, it's market research for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I like them all, but I really do love, I tend towards the Grenache. Yeah.
1: We're also just bottling, um, not to take anything away from this beautiful Sebastopol and West County of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but um, I am doing Vermentino mm. for, our, for our white wine. Nice. And I really love the uh the spiciness of it and uh the, you know, it's it's just a different flavor and character.
2: So these Italian varietals that you said you were talking about doing more and more of, are they from Sonoma County or are you getting them from other
1: So we're getting uh we're getting some of the uh the obscure stuff like Alianico and Taraldigo oh. from um Clarksburg.
0: Clarksburg oh, is nice. a those. little hotbed oh. of the obscures. Yeah. And That's our
1: nice. our number one which we're really getting A lot of accolades for is Tempranillo,
0: and also don't you make a Barbera from Clarksburg? Yeah,
1: Barbera uh, from Clarksburg as well.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: You know, and traditionally, you know, we're doing Cab and Merlot and Zen and you know and Petite Sirah and Carignan from uh, from Dry Creek Valley.
2: So, if people want to come out and visit your taste room, are you open only by appointment or can they come by? Can you just drop in?
1: Well, uh, the tasting room was open seven days a week Mm -hmm. except for holidays, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: And then for an appointment, they could taste with you or they can taste in the M4 room.
1: Yep. Uh, Just call the winery uh, 707 431. 7767.
2: You know, and I think people sometimes think, oh, you know, I'm I'm making an appointment. You know, I don't want to do that. But I tell people, even if you're there that day, call because if there's an opening, you could possibly get in that afternoon. So don't hesitate and think, oh, I didn't plan this two weeks ahead of time. Yeah. No, I don't even know what's happening tomorrow. I don't make appointments two weeks ahead of time. (laughs) Just (laughs) call that day, see what you can do.
0: (laughs) So, Rick, when you're not making wine, you're not throwing clay, you're not making vessels in the pottery studio, What's your favorite things to do in our beautiful county? Where do you go? What do you do?
1: Well, if it's eating. If it's eating. We're big eaters here. We like to eat. (laughs) Uh, You know, just right there in Healdsburg, uh, Bridget and I have been loving on uh, Chalkboard and Brass Rabbit and Mm -hmm. Carlos at uh, Guiso. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's hard to get in there.
1: It is. You really have to well, make There's one table.
2: table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's like literally like about eight tables. Yeah, it's pretty tiny. But it is absolutely – it's uh, it's the, oh, it's the Latin fusion, yeah. and it's wonderful food, family-owned. Valette is great. You know, if you like uh, Japanese food, sakeo. That's mm-hmm. I mean, completely all local people there. We see neighbors, friends and neighbors yeah. there all the time. Yeah,
0: like the Cheers bar. You know everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. absolutely. Uh, but also, you know, the love of my life, my puppy dog.
0: <laughs> you
1: didn't get to meet her because... No,
0: she wasn't there. She's
1: She is still in uh, solitary confinement for... She had the PTLO surgery on her left oh,
2: leg. Oh, right. no. that's but tough. But she, she's,
1: she's my wing dog uh, in the <laughs> vineyard, uh, in the truck, and the water. And she's going to be on the cover of the California Wine Dog book. Oh, know? that's
0: awesome. What an honor. That's so cute. <laughs> next we have Carissa Cruz with News You Can Use from the Sonoma County Wine Growers.
3: So in the spring, our growers are often thinking and prepping for what they need to worry about in the summer months. So as part of our sustainability commitment, a big part of that is around our water use and water conservation. You may or may not know that grapevines are extremely low water users. In fact, they stay green almost year-round with very little water. But as part of our sustainability effort, water conservation is important. So a couple of fun stats for all of you out there. Did you know that 100% of our growers in Sonoma County restrict their water supply and only apply water when the vines are really stressed? So they actually like to naturally stress the vines because that produces better quality grapes. 99% actually use low-flow sprinklers or have drip irrigation installed to minimize water use. So at home, you may be using sprinklers out on your lawn, our growers just have a little bit of a drip irrigation so the water drips out of the the tube along the vine row directly onto the roots of the vine, so minimizing our water use. And finally, Over 90% now, hey now, our growers are getting tech on you, 90% are using some sort of water technology to actually measure how much water their vines need or how much water is already in the soil, becoming super savvy out there about what their vines need in terms of water use and conservation. Just another way our Sonoma County grape growers are being sustainable. Thanks for letting me give a quick sustainability update. Back to you, Beth and Marcy.
0: So I know you're also a musician, Rick. So we're, you know, Sonoma County, we're great for local music. Where do you go and what do you play?
1: So our band is called uh, uh, the Master Bacon Project. Uh, Our our (laughs) singer (laughs) is Mark Bacon. And uh, you know we tried Mark Bacon and the Bacon Bits, but that didn't work. So just <laughs> just the Master Bacon Project. Yeah, so that's
0: always fun to say when you're drunk. I <laughs> yes, guess. <right. laughs>
1: so I play bass. Uh, Jeff Maldall plays um, mandolin, guitar, a um, little bit of keyboard, and we have a drummer, Darren. So we just it's a little foursome. Nice. Kind of a, a, acoustic, Americana style.
2: And do you do like the elephant in the room and those kinds of Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Forgot about that one. Yeah. That one's... I mean, have... they get a lot of good musicians. We have
0: a it's lot a of winemakers wine that come on that have bands mm-hmm. that are, because I think it's a, you're an artist at heart. So I think that, you know, in music and wine, well, they're very similar in a lot of ways, how you blend and all the things that go into it. Cooking. Yeah. That's Cooking another too. thing.
1: Yeah. I, we love to cook together. Bridget and I love to cook together. What a team to, you know... To expand. Yeah. <laughs> we like to say our the best uh, restaurant in town is our kitchen. The, your yeah. kitchen,
0: yeah. So you must yeah. love hitting all our farmer's markets. and Oh, my gosh. We have everything here. We have
1: everything here. Yeah.
2: He cooks. He plays. He makes wine. Mm-hmm. And you can make an appointment to visit and taste with yeah. him. So there you yeah, go.
1: There you go. <laughs> you can do We'd that love all. to have you.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I think that's kind of it. The only ask I have for our listeners this week would be to follow us on Instagram. And we are chronically amazingly clever so our instagram is just wine road podcast (laughs) remember when you post things to share the hashtag rose all may and sip sonoma because no matter where you live you can always be sipping sonoma that's the truth right so we will put in our show notes how
0: to get in contact with rick how to visit the winery Put a link to this beautiful GSM. This wine is wonderful. Thank you for bringing it. Yeah, I know. And um, a link to a couple of places you mentioned, your favorite places to go. We'll see you on the wine road. Thank you so much for coming, Rick. This was great.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye bye.